welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. In our previous teaching, I spoke about the power and his coming. And I said, every good Christian teaching has one way or the other. Some of the, uh, it's, it culminates in either or both of this. It focuses your attention on the power that God gives to us or brings towards us who believe and his coming. We need the power to live in such a way to prepare for his coming. So it's the power, when you become born again, it takes power to save you. And now you have to now take advantage of the power that has saved you to live for the coming. So I explained that their teaching, he said, God has given us the power that now you have to give diligence, add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, self-control, patience, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity, if these things be in you, to make that you are not a barren and fruitful in your knowledge, God, and I said, but he who lacks these things is short-sighted and is blindness. Forgotten has been purged from his sins. And he says that, therefore, give all diligence to make your calling and election sure. Because if you do that, abundant entrance shall be administered or given to you into the kingdom. That's the verse 11. Now, then it goes on the verse 12. Then it starts the verse 12 by, wherefore, I can't be negligent in putting you in remembrance with all these things, the things that we're talking about, the power and the coming. Don't forget about the power. I have to keep reminding you. And then even it's now more important because I am about to die. It's, it's used a metaphor. I'm about to put off this tent. It calls the body a tent. It's not just a house, a mansion. Your body is not a mansion, sister. It's a tent. He said, I'm about to put off. <laughs> I'm about to put off this tent. And it's just Jesus Christ has actually showed me, he has showed me that you are about to die. He knew it, that he was about to die. Paul, as I said, Paul puts it this way, that I'm being poured, out. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, he said, I'm being poured out as a drink offering. My life is passing. I just know. Paul said, I just know I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. They, they always knew that they were going. I'm being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. They knew it. They, they just didn't die by surprise. They knew they've done their, they finished their way. Look at the next statement. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my, ah, he knew it was at the end. And I've kept their faith. Then he said, therefore, there's late for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, God is a righteous judge. You will not forget your labor of love. People may not reward you for some things you are doing, but God is aware. So Paul said, I'm going. Peter too said, I'm going, but I can't afford not to leave you in a state. He said, I want to leave you in a state so that long after I've gone, verse 15, long after I've gone, you will still remember these things. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. That's his assignment. 
He knew he was about to die, but he said, I know you know these things, but I won't stop saying them. He will say, he will echo it and echo it and re-echo and re-echo it. He said, I'm going to say so much. You know, a year of swift obedience, Abraham obeyed. And with time, you realize it was like a mouthful, but with time, you don't even have to think about it. You will just say it. So something that you keep hearing, you keep hearing, anything you keep hearing, it stays. Don't say this preacher, I've heard it before. Preach something else. No, no, it's not like that. Never come to a place where you say, I've heard the preaching before. I've read that bit before. So there's no need I read it. That's when you start missing God. The same thing, you read it again and there's more. If you like, tomorrow, call for a meeting and let me teach again. Second Peter chapter 1, just even verse 12 alone. You'll be shocked at the, the depths that God will even take us further. Because the word of God, Bible says that his wisdom, how unsearchable. Uh, Romans chapter 11 verse 33. All the depths <laughs> of the, all the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments. And his ways are beyond research. <laughs> you can't research his ways. So, we can go on and on. So Peter said that before I die, I want to endeavor and I want to make sure that you always will have these things in remembrance. What are the, these things? The power and the coming. That every time your Christian line, there must be this undergirding philosophy about Jesus is coming or God has given us power to live the life and Jesus is coming back. God has given us the power to live the life and Jesus is coming back. God has given us the power to live the life and Jesus is coming back. These two things, if you're a Christian, if you, if you lose sight of any of these, one, just one of them, your Christian life will be very porous, will be very weak. It will, it will, it will be solid. Anytime somebody is backsliding and they are not doing well in their Christian life, check this. Is that, that, that will be the, the foundation. The foundation, the Bible says the foundation be destroyed. What can the righteous do? Righteousness thrives on a certain platform. Righteousness thrives on a certain platform. So Peter said, I can't be negligent to not remind you because I want you to remember this always, long after I've gone. Then he, he says that for we have not followed cunningly devised fables. Supersti Some translations say superstitious myths. But they, they, they are myths. Myths myth are not myths are not real. You know, it's just fictitious. Something that has been concocted by some people. And so that, no, we have not, Peter said we have not followed cunningly devised fables. It's sad when somebody says that the Bible is just some people who have written something to control others. It's sad. But it's even sadder when someone says, I've been a Christian, and now I'm telling you, this Bible is fake. It's sadder. It's my desire as a Christian to help other believers to be strong. It's my desire, and it's my singular aim in life. I was telling Pastor Wood the other time that you see, a primary job of the pastor, watch this, is not evangelism. 
That's the Christian duty. For every Christian. The primary job of a pastor is to make sure that the people are well inoculated with God's word. That's why a pastor must give himself to studies. To reading. He said till I come, give attendance to reading. First Timothy chapter 4. I like the verse 40 and 15. He says that if you do these things, you will save yourself and your hearers. Yeah. Ah, ah. He was telling Pastor Timothy, Apostle Paul was telling him, meditate on these things. Give yourself holy. Give yourself, Pastor. Give yourself entirely to these things. Doctrine and teaching. A pastor who is so busy about business. It's a risk for the body. <laughs> you are too business oriented. When I say business, kingdom work is uh, you can in the city. But I'm talking about commerce for monetary gain. You are a businessman behind the pulpit. Wow. Wow. Businessmen behind the pulpit are the cause for the decline. Wow. Give yourself holy. Are you saying a pastor should not work? It's amazing that's what you heard. Exactly. <laughs> Very interesting. It's a major shock. It's a pointer. It's, it's very revelatory that there's something with your mindset. Because your mindset makes you hear things others don't hear. Or you can hear things that are not being said. So, the job of a pastor is not to go and try and convince society. Come to church, come to church, come to church, come. The job of the pastor is to feed and nourish those who are already in church, those who are in church, so that those who are in church will become an evidence and witness outside there. It's the word that will inoculate you, strengthen you, empower you to live the life that exudes, that demonstrates God. Hallelujah. So, he said that, I know you know these things, but I won't be negligent reminding you. I'm going to keep saying it, and 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 keep saying it. Paul told Timothy, as I said, that give yourself wholly to these things. So that, and if you do this, your profit in verse um, 15, that meditate give yourself wholly to, thy profiting may appear to all. And then and verse 16 says that, take it to yourself and to, unto your doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing, watch this, for, for in doing this, thou shalt both save yourself and your hearers. It's your doctrine that determines the safety that is operating around you and your hearers. Your doctrine. Your doctrine. Peter said that there are things that you should know. When you know those things, it will inoculate you against apostatism. It will not let you. I've seen people we have prayed for and they've received all kinds of miracles and they've backslidden. I almost said supernaturally. (laughs) 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 So said, for we are not telling you concocted fables. We are eyewitnesses of 
His majesty. He says that, but we were eyewitnesses of Jesus' majesty. He had majesty. Majesty in humanity. Meek, caught up in meekness or shouted in meekness. But he, and he says that we saw the majesty. We saw it. Because when you look at Jesus, you won't see majesty. You won't see. That's why they, they used to treat him like that. And when they went to the mount for the first time, he allowed his deity, his majesty to burst forth out of his humanity. And they said, ah, wow, wow. And that's not all they saw. And the Bible says that the, a voice came from above. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. Listen to him. He said, we were with him on the mount. So he said, we were eyewitnesses. Now, most of us have been doing online shopping. Yes? yes. <laughs> doing online shopping. And there are things that you buy online you have never seen. Yes. Especially gadgets and stuff. But sometimes when you want to buy it, you are so concerned because you are not sure if you are buying the right thing. Even though they tell you that you can return. Sometimes the return process is also a whole, a whole. So you've, you've, seen, you've seen this gadget. You want to buy it. But you don't know whether it's good or not. So what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You check the reviews. Check the reviews. It has... Five star, but only two people have, uh, you know what? <laughs> but how about, like it happens on Amazon, you see 24,000 reviews, and it has four star. Four and a half. You say, oh, okay. Sometimes some things might have three, three and a half, but you say, all right, I think, uh, 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 yeah. Why do you need a review? Because you yourself haven't handled it. You need some eyewitnesses. You need eyewitnesses. We were not there when Jesus was alive. In his human. But we have eyewitness accounts. <laughs> For instance, in the beginning, God created Genesis 1-1. God created the heavens and the earth. Who was there? Who was there? Whoever, who, who calls himself in, very intelligent and said he was there? <laughs> no one can verify it. Because nobody was there. But the one who was there, eyewitness account is telling us in the beginning what happened. You want to argue with him. He says that we were eyewitnesses. We have, we have five-star review. Four-star. And Peter says that we, we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We saw it. We handled it. We experienced it. It was real. It was real. Do you know how Peter died? They crucified him. Why did they crucify him? Because he said he is a disciple of Jesus. They said no. Say Jesus is not Lord. And we will let you live. They said, I can't deny what I've seen. And all the disciples, these are, none of them, not one, said it's not true. Because they saw it. Yeah. They, they couldn't say it's not true. I mean, how, how, how would you expect for them to gather? Their lives were at stake. They were killing them, feeding them to lions. And yet they said, we can't deny. We saw him. 
We saw him when he resurrected. We were eyewitnesses of what we have seen. He's alive. He's alive. He said, Paul was preaching a one dead man named Jesus. Who, who Paul claims is alive. He said, that's why this whole commotion. And the, the governor said, I don't understand what's going on. If, if he's, he's his dead and this guy says, let's say he's deluded, leave him. But why do you want to kill him for that? Why do you want to kill him for saying that a dead man is alive? <laughs> What's the big deal? He said the, the argument is about one dead man called Jesus. Acts 25:19. But had come some questions against him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who, who had died, whom Paul affirms to be. Uh, give me King James, please. I like the King James. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, their own superstition. And of one Jesus, who, who was dead, who Paul affirms to be alive. Paul is claiming this guy is alive. I think NIV used the word claim. One of them used the word claim. Yeah. Uh -huh, claim. Yeah. A dead man named Jesus, who Paul claimed was alive. And that's why the whole township, the, 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 there's commotion everywhere. God. <laughs> and he said, Did you have the power to investigate such matters? Because one day, we know he's dead. This guy says he's alive. How can I investigate these things? <laughs> he said that I was at a loss on how to investigate such matters. So I asked if he would be willing to go to Jerusalem and stand. Because this is, it looks bizarre. But these guys live for it because they are eyewitnesses. They are eyewitnesses. They are not paid to say these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they were not concocting stories. And some of us here, your life is an evidence of the power of God. That's right. That's right. All these all church, church things. They, they don't understand why you go to church every weekend. <laughs> and then you add some weekdays. They don't understand. And they say, oh, you, believe, you also believe... You have to tell that I'll be, I'll, I'll be a fool if I don't because the evidence is too strong for me personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The evidence is true. I'm an eyewitness. I've also experienced it. So we were eyewitnesses. Now, we didn't see Jesus. We were not there when all these things were happening. But we have people who are eyewitnesses and they have written. Nobody, no historian can, can say what Peter wrote was wrong. No, no, no historian can say that the book of Peter was not even written. These things are real. So he says that the weight, watch this, the weight of what we are saying concerning the power of God and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the weight is not, it's, 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 it is actually solid in itself. But we are eyewitnesses as well. So let's say rating, we will give, I'll give it, he said, I'll give it because human, human beings, maybe we, you might think we got it wrong. So let's say 4.5. Yeah. Yeah, so leave a margin of error. So said we will give four point five, the rating. Okay, uh, the review four point five, because we saw it. We were there. In fact, we should have given it ten. But you, let's say for human reasons, let's give it four four point five. He said this is solid. So that's why he was trying to tell them that concerning the coming, uh, the power and the coming, we are eyewitnesses. We have not followed calmly devised fables, but we were eyewitnesses. And so take it. We were eyewitness, that, but there's something more serious. Are you ready for this? Yes. Let's read from verse uh, 16, 17, and 18. Are you ready to go? Yes. Let's go. 
For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his mind. 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. 18. And we, this voice we, we came from him, we heard. When we were with him, on, he said, wait, wait. This voice we heard, they were eyewitnesses. They heard. So we give it a review. We are not lying. When we are telling you about the power and the coming, we are not lying. That's why I want to make sure, long after I've left, you still remember. But watch this. Is that not enough? That's enough. But he drops a bigger one. Let's read the verse 19 together. We have one more, the first line. One more time. One more time. What we have, see, the things we are telling you is hinged on reality. And this reality is undergirded, backed by our personal experience and personal reviews. But it says that there is even a more sure. This, this, the review of this one is six out of five. It breaks the record. There is a more sure word. A more, you see, do you remember it says that give all diligence to make your calling and election sure. You can't do that without a sure word. It's the sure word that makes your calling and election sure. It says that we also have a more sure word of prophecy. This is a more sure word. What's he talking about? He says, this thing, whereunto, whereunto, in in other words, unto which, this word, this sure word, he's talking about the sure word, the whereunto. So, regarding this sure word of prophecy, you would do well that you take heed. In other words, give it attention. You would do very well if you give this word. Yeah, we've got our personal experience, Mm. which we are telling you. The review is good, but there's a higher review. Wow. You will do well if you take heed. Right. Flip it on the other side. How will you do if you don't take heed? You will not do well. Anybody who is not doing well in their Christian life, they are not taking heed. It's not because you are not praying, because you are not taking heed. Because you can pray and pray amiss. How many of you have ever prayed wrong prayers and years later you found out that that kind of prayer was not actually a proper prayer? But you were very sincere. Please, don't judge the quality and authenticity of what you do spiritually by your sincerity. Sincerity is not enough to validate what you are doing. Don't say, I'm I'm pure in my heart. Please, please. Don't validate the, the quality of your Christian life by the purity of your heart alone. Because you can be pure in your heart by saying that the Holy Ghost and Mary are the same. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? So then how do you escape this lack of authenticity? How do you escape it? By taking heed. Take heed. 
to this, not just the way I feel. Every time I have a dream, it comes through. Every time God speaks to me, God has been saying, please, serve that one. Start with here. Start with the word. Every, this morning, as I read First um, Samuel chapter 9, he said, there's a man of God here. Every word he come, says, come to pass. That's what we like. It's good. But there's a sure word of prophecy. At that time, they didn't have the scriptures. But in our days. But pastor, <laughs> see, not everyone who has a pulpit in the Bible is preaching correct. But pastor, they've been quoted. Uh, there is a difference between saying something and backing it is getting quotations to add to what you are saying. There's a massive difference between that and explaining what the text is saying. There are two different things. Explaining what the text is saying has a lot to do with grammar. And you can be caught if your grammatic explanation, the grammar you are giving, the interpretation, you can easily be caught because put the last scripture on the screen again, please. Um, You do well. We have a more sure word. I, I, I like said we we have also, so that also is comparative. Yeah. We, so he has said we have said this, but also we have a more. But I was doing research in the other versions. Some versions said, in fact, King James, New King James doesn't put it away, which makes this one. But yeah, you know, um, the, King, the, the New King James says that, and so we have say okay, and so we have the prophetic word, word confirmed. But the, the old King James said, we have also. The English Standard Bible also doesn't say we have also, but it's a bit And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. So, and, so in addition to what we have said, and. Okay. While King James put the, uh, King James, the New American Standard Version, NIV, they put it in such a way, it sounds like um, it's confirmed and so it makes the word of God more confirmed, you know. And so the word of God is more confirmed based on our experience. If you don't read it well, you might throw it around. But what it's trying to say is that we have personal experience, eyewitness, and then the word of God, which is not, watch this. So here, that when you look at what you're saying about the word of God, it makes sense that it's not just our experience, but the word also. Because our experience is based on our personal whims and personal interpretation, whilst the word of God is divorced from anybody's personal interpretation. So then what you might say might be true in your experience, but is it true in God's word? If it does not agree with God's word, it's not Christian. It's not Christian. That is why every Christian must be a Bible reader, yes. not just a Bible believer. <laughs> just how you got to be a Bible, Bible reader. I know what you, some people will be saying because I believe a chunk of people listening to me now would not be reading their Bible. I'm not saying here, but particularly those who stay out. And what. <laughs> we'll not be reading your Bibles. It's very easy not to be reading your Bible. But nowadays, you know, 
So many things are vying for our attention. Yeah. Sometimes you wake up, you have 75 unread messages. <laughs> your notifications, you have one for, you know, your work email, your private email, no private emails, you have about three. One for logging on to all kinds of things, you know, where you sign up for uh, maybe uh, camera review or something, you know. Yeah, you have that one you use, and you have the one you use for, oh, it's been there for a long time, all your personal, and then you have the one that is critical. Any email, when you are dealing with serious stuff, that's the email you use. The notifications are coming from that, and then even adverts, they will always add some adverts and stuff like that. And then you have WhatsApp notification. You are part of a lot of group chats. And they are coming. And then the family group chat. They throw all kinds of videos into it. And, and then old students association. Yes. And different, different group chats. Mothers on the park group chat. You're going to join them. And oh, so many now. Every so you wake up in the morning and you have about seventy-eight notifications, and some of it is uh, critical. You didn't see it last night because you are so tired, and then you have to now check it, check it, and then by the time you realize, you have to respond to one of them. And as you finish responding, you realize, oh, look at the time. You have to jump into the shower, and then by the time you realize, oh, the Bible. When you are going, ah, the Bible. Okay. I'll, I'll do it when I come back. I'll do it when I come back. You come, you, you come back home and it's one thing after the other. Two weeks, you haven't read your Bible. Oh, two weeks is even too short. Some of you, a whole year. <laughs> a whole year. And what is worrying is people who, who are supposed to be church leaders. Yeah. That is a very serious situation. There are a lot of church leaders who don't read their Bible, and a lot of church singers do. <laughs> so, but you have to read your Bible, Christian. Is that what makes you a Christian? No. But it will, it will, it will build some stamina. It will build some fortitude. Well, Pastor, when I read the Bible, I, I just don't understand. You stop focusing on the ones you don't understand. The ones you do. They are more a problem. The ones you do understand are more a problem than the ones you don't understand. If you can do the ones you understand, Jesus puts it this way in John chapter 8 verse 31. He says that if you continue, <laughs> he said if you continue what in my so the little you've read and you understand, he said, if you continue in it, then you are my disciples indeed. And guess what happens? And look at the next verse. And you know the truth. So the truth is that what you have put into practice, as you obey God's word and as you use what you have found in God's word, it begins to make you know. So next time when you go and read it, the other place you didn't understand, they all begin to make sense, and also exposing yourself to sound teaching. Most people in our times, all we want is powerful prayers, not sound teaching. You might get powerful prayers, but your lack of sound teaching will allow the enemy to come back and take what the prayers are brought. So he said, let me go back to the text because he said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Wow. 
Why don't you do well? I say you will do well. Amen. That means that there is the possibility of not doing well. That option is there. There's a possibility of not doing well. If you don't do well, it's not because of your pastor. It's because you didn't take heed. Where you do well that you take heed. When you take it, you know, suddenly this short word of prophecy, it becomes like, ah, it is as unto a light that shines in darkness. Listen, we are in dark times. And you just need a bit of light. All right. You just need a bit of light. Dark times, wicked times, bad times, difficult times, and worse still, Times where people say all kinds of blasphemous things. Dark times. Times of apostasy. When people turn their backs against God. And they they say anything at all against God. Some Some are preachers. But when you watch them and you hear the kind of things they say, it, it, it makes you feel like Peter would turn in his coffin. A preacher saying these kind of things? You're supposed to be a church. You know, we have a lot of church leaders in our times that are not actually in the church. They are not part of the church, but they are church leaders. When Jesus looks down from heaven and he's talking about his church, he knows that this one is not part of it. This was, but some of them are bishops. Some, sadly, are political appointees. Yeah. So some people, if you can tick the boxes, and it's, a, just a, it's almost like an MP or a say or something. You've been knighted. You, so they are behind the pulpit, speak grandiosely. But the word of God is not in their mouth. And we don't understand why the churches are dying. How can a church live without the word or the meal from heaven? No one can live if you are not eating. Even if you can't eat, they have to find ways of sending system, something to your system intravenously or something. It is necessary. So we have to find every means and keep letting the word of God. Please, let us never downplay the importance of God's word. Yeah. Your hunger and attitude towards the word determines how far you can go in God. So, he said, we have a more sure word of prophecy, which, which you do well if you take it as a light that shines in a dark place. So then watch this. We are in a dark place. The whole world is in the dark. In Romans chapter 13, verse 12, it talks about how the night is fast and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us talk about Christians. You know, so there's darkness around. There's darkness around. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 4 and Five, verse four. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse four. He said, "But ye brethren are not in darkness. That means others are in darkness. You brethren are not in darkness. That the day should overtake you as a thief." Look at the next verse. The next verse says that ye are all the children of light, Hallelujah. and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Why? Because we are in Christ. Now, when you are in Christ, there's darkness all around us. And listen, my brothers and sisters, 
Jesus is definitely coming. Jesus will show up in your situation. But between now and the time he shows up, you must have some, some light. Some light in this dark situation in your family. In this dark situation in your marriage. Some light. And he says that this thing, if you can take it, it will be like a light. Even though the day has not done yet, you know that you have some light. You can be confident. You can be bold. Because you know the day is dawning. The unbelievers don't have that. But you have it. They haven't seen the hope you have. That's why they can't talk the way you talk. But you can see it in the word. The word is like a light that shines in darkness. Psalm 119 verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Thy word. Psalm 119 verse 130. It says that the word of the Lord shines like light. So it said the entrance of your word gives light. Gives light. Gives light. I know you are not married yet. I know you haven't received that job yet. And it looks like there's darkness. But you do well. If you can look at it, it will be like a light shining in darkness. Even though things haven't changed, you are so hopeful. You are so hopeful. Even though things have not changed, you are still hopeful. Why? Because you have the light. Even though you are in darkness, you are, everybody else, they are groping in darkness. And groping, hoping to see maybe, maybe they are testing. Maybe, maybe, maybe this thing will work. Maybe my marriage will work. Maybe I'll get married soon. Maybe. Maybe. We are trying. We are trying. So they said somebody is doing a concert. Ah, let's go. Maybe. Ah, church to ah, let's go there too. Maybe. There's party. Ah, let's go there too. Maybe. Work do. Ah, let's go there too. Ah. Ah. People are now going to the gym. Ah, me too, let me wear something. <laughs> <laughs> And let's go there too. Because my gym clothes can make me look very presentable. So you are trying different things. Because you are groping in darkness. Looking for a way of financial relief. You are, you are, maybe my children will be okay. Maybe. Your life is surrounded with maybe. It's human nature. Maybe. It's called darkness. Maybe. And sometimes the news you are hearing are very worrying. You hear bad news, bad news, bad news. Now Omicron has come. We are sure his twin brother will be coming very soon. But watch this. But watch this. If you knew what got you through the coronavirus, the pandemic, and kept you alive, then whether Omicron is coming or not, you know 20 23 by now, you'll still be here praising the Lord. How can you be sure about that? You do well. Sure word of prophecy. Sure word of prophecy. It says that it is like a lamp that shines in darkness. Watch this. It's like a lamp that shines in the dark place. A light that shines in the dark place until the day finally comes when the darkness is over. But until the day comes, you need some sort of light. You need some sort of light. And he says, this is it. We have a more sure word of prophecy. This is it. So the battle now is Satan tries to, I'm reading, but Satan's job is just to 
block you. Then you turn after a while, block because he's trying to stop light from coming in. Why is it that you can read everything? Look at how long, look at how long you can stay awake reading things. Reading reviews. <laughs> and knowing music lyrics. Learning them, you know, but you, you say, that's why the Bible doesn't stick in my head. <laughs> you know so much about football, but so little about the word of God. So now you need to outsource your prayers to a so-called spiritual guru. Most of us are so dependent on pastor's prayers. Because those people are very powerful men of God. There's no powerful man of God. There's a man of a powerful God. Hallelujah. There are two different things. Start, start giving. You don't have to cram in the scripture. But you do well if you look. At least take notes of one verse. Just take, just take notes of it. Take your time. See what he's saying. Let it stick in your system. And just thank God for it. And decide you won't just forget it. Meditate upon it. You are doing well. It's like there's, in the dark atmosphere, there's still light. There is still light. There is still light. There is still light. There is still light. There. He said you do well as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the death star arises in your heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But I have to end. He says, for scripture did not come by the will of man. That's a different from eyewitness account. He said, verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture, watch this, watch this, you have to know it first. Know this first. Those who take joy in trying to attack the Bible, you are working for the devil. Know this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of private, any private interpretation. That any private interpretation, it means that the ones God used to bring and the ones who are receiving, none of them have it privately. It's not of any private interpretation, but holy men, holy men, genuine ones. How did they, at next week I'll go into the infallibility of scripture. And inerrancy, inerrancy is stronger than infallibility. I will explain it next week. How that the Holy Spirit superintended the writing of scripture. That's it. Production of scripture is even a major miracle in itself. How some people were, it was not dictated to them by an angel in a cave. But a genuine man who privatized everything, his personal relation with God, and it doesn't matter what you say. He said, I'm an eyewitness. I know what I'm saying. He said, we have a more sure, even though we are eyewitnesses, listen, there's a more sure word of prophecy so that we will not hinge everything on the weight of our personal experience, but there's something weightier. The word of God itself, the word of God itself, the word of God. Please, remember, in the dark hours, what you need first is not prayer.
In the darkness of your times and your season, what you need first is not prayer. What you need first is to see something from God's word. You need a word from God. When I see a word from God, please let us not be like those people who said, I need a man of God to say something to me. That's not what I'm talking about. Unless the man of God is just saying something, explaining the scripture, and the scripture jumps up to you. So then the scripture does to you, it's not what the man is saying, but what the scripture is saying, which the man said, suddenly came alive to you. That's, that's different. Came alive to you. My preaching is meant to make the scripture come alive to you. Come alive to you. Not for, to make myself so powerful that all my declarations will come through. You know, yes, those things are part of my personal work with God. Because as I, according to Acts chapter 14, verse 3, as I teach the word of God in truth, as I teach the word of God's grace, God gives testimony to his, the word of his grace. So as I'm doing the word of his grace, he will give testimony. And he will grant that miracles and signs will be worked by my hands. So it's all, for, see, the center of everything is the word. Is the word. Is the word. You are not reading your Bible, yet you are complaining about church. Sorry for you. <laughs> Did you receive something? in your life, one thing you should always remember, that you have access to light in these dark times. You have access to light. It doesn't matter what kind of darkness Satan tries to throw against you or what kind of darkness you encounter in life because our generation and our world is a dark world. But guess what? God has not left us in darkness. He has given us his word. We have light in the world. His word is light. The entrance of your word gives light. Sister, I know these are very frustrating days for you. But guess what? You have the word. Open your eyes. Look into the word. And suddenly, hope springs up. Suddenly, you see that the future is actually laughing with you. The future is working, waiting to welcome you. How do you know it? Because you started looking into the word. And you realize that after all, in spite of all those mistakes, after all, you are not that miserable. After all, you are not that bad. After all, your situation, there's hope in your situation. How did you come across that? Because the light of his word. Light of his word. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show. And the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.